This is Patty Scalzo inviting you to join us for this broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub. Coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. In the current sermon in the Heavenly Authority series, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching about the great messianic promise made to King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Pastor looked at the kings that followed in David's line and traced the lineages of Jesus given in the Gospels, both the legal kingship in Matthew and the actual physical lineage from David through Mary in Luke. He also discussed the concept of the kinsman redeemer from the book of Ruth. When we left off, Pastor Greg was examining how the virgin birth declared Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, different from all mankind. Here now is Pastor Greg. Some see original sin as a spot that's kind of passed down from one generation to the other. But what is original sin? Original sin is the sin that we read about in Genesis 3-5, the sin that Adam and Eve committed that says, you will be like God. That's what the devil tempted them. You will be like God. Adam and Eve had no sin nature, right? They were made perfect. So it's not a matter of inheritance or how you're born. It's a matter of free will. And Adam and Eve thought they could be like God. They can live life on their own without God. I can be the God of my life. I can choose what I want to choose. I don't need him who created me. That's the original sin. And every child of Adam and Eve, every son of man, has the same attitude. Not because it's stamped on us, but as in foreknowledge, God knew it and declared it. If he took each one of us and placed us in that garden, you know what we would do? The same exact thing. Not because we're forced to do it, but because God has seen what's in our hearts. That even if he made us perfect, we would have this original sin. We would commit the same act as Adam. And he doesn't have to repeat the Garden of Eden over and over and over again. He does it once in the foreknowledge. He places us in this realm and he says, you are like Adam. You would do the same thing as Adam. And we know it from our lives. Sometimes when things are the best for us, when things are the happiest for us, when we're not in suffering, when we have good things, we don't appreciate it. And just like Adam and Eve in the garden, we want to control our own lives. We want to do our own thing. And that's the original sin. And I know in my life, and I'm sure if you examine your life, you can say at some point, yeah, I would do the same thing. And so we're all condemned, not just because Adam did it, he probably was the best of all of us, but because we would do the same thing as Adam, our kinsman. But there is a son of man who would not. And even though he was tempted, did Jesus suffer when he was tempted? There is a sin nature that's inherited. Because of what Adam and Eve, because of what they do, their separation from God. Their children, one child murders another. And there are things that are inherited in the flesh. There are things we fight against in our genes. Because sin builds up generation upon generation upon generation. 
And there is a sin nature that passes down. Did Jesus experience any of that? Was he truly a son of man because he had a human mother Mary? Did he experience all the same temptations that we fight against? Well, the Bible tells us clearly in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So he became like us in every way. He was tempted when he was here on earth. He was tempted in every way. Look at chapter 4 in Hebrews. Chapter 4 and verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. Here's the difference. What does it say? Yet without sin. He suffered. He received the same flesh that we have. He's a kinsman to us. He experienced every temptation. None of us will be able to say to him before the judgment seat, Lord, you don't know what it's like, because he does. He does. He dealt with all the same problems we deal with. He had to interact with people the way we have to. He got tempted by Satan the way we're tempted. He had to struggle with the flesh the way we struggle. In all points, he was tempted just like us, but the key point is what? Yet without sin. Think of that. From the moment of birth in Bethlehem to the moment of death at Calvary, excruciating death, abandoned by friends, called an enemy of the state, called a blasphemer by your own religious leaders, hung between heaven and earth, suffering. You know, it's very easy to be faithful when you're healthy and happy, but when you suffer, it's very hard to be faithful. Yet he did not sin, and he said, Father, it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. He said, forgive them, they know not what they do. He had compassion, he had mercy, and he accomplished salvation for us in that moment, still being sinless. Tempted in every way by the flesh, just like one of us, a kinsman, but never sinning. Because his spirit is the Spirit of God. In chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. He feared, he cried out to the Father, he did not want to sin against God Almighty. Can we say throughout our, our whole lives, we've been concerned about not sinning against God. This one was perfect and sinless, not because he was forced into it by some type of special birth, but rather because of who he is. And that birth proclaimed it. He suffered just like us. He is a kinsman to us, but he's holy. He's holy. And God declared it with power by the virgin birth in Bethlehem, that this man, this one, this kinsman, 
is different. This is God in the flesh. This is God incarnate. Because he is God, he never sinned. This one that had a miraculous start, this one who could do what no closer relative could do, this one, this kinsman redeemer can buy us back to God. This son of man, this son of Adam. Son of Adam, but not one like Adam. One instead like the immortal, the eternal, the holy God who dwells in unapproachable light. The son of God. And God fulfilled all his promises when you read in Luke chapter 2 when the angels proclaimed, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, not just to the Jew. He comes from the Jews, he comes from David, but not just to the Jew, to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, to all people, not just a Jew, not just a Jew, but also the Samaritan. It says in Ruth, what does she say? When Naomi told her to leave, she said, your people shall be my people and your God, my God. All those who say the same, your God is my God, and they turn to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus. The salvation is for all, not just the Jew, but the Samaritan. Not just the Jew, but the Ethiopian and the African. Not just the Jew, but the Greek and the Roman. Not just the Jew, but the European, the Asian, and the natives of America and Australia. Every race, every tribe, every tongue. One of the songs we sang this morning came from Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy, speaking of Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and you have redeemed, the kinsman redeemer, you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Not just the Jew, but to the uttermost parts of the earth. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Anyone, whoever. All nations, tribes, tongues, peoples, languages. Coming to the Messiah of Israel. The Son of Man. The Son of God. The only one in all history who lived a sinless, perfect life. And he laid down that life, and God raised it up again to give us an everlasting kingdom, an everlasting throne, an everlasting inheritance that goes beyond this world and into the world to come. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that any that should hear this message, if they have not come to Jesus Christ, to the Messiah of mankind, to the Savior of mankind, Lord God, that they would turn and ask him to be their king, to be their Lord, 
to apply his shed blood to the price that we have built up by our sins to purchase us back to you, Lord, to redeem us. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, that you sent him as one of us to live in this world that we might live with you for all eternity. We thank you, Father, that you work in history, that you know the beginning from the end, from Genesis to Revelation, that you know the heart of every person, you knew the hearts of each of those kings, and that none of us can trap you or trick you, but all we need to do is simply say yes to the grace, the grace and the love that you hold out to us and receive it with open hands that we can be your children. We thank you, Father, that you who know all things and have created all things should care so much for us. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I hope you have enjoyed this unique series. And if you would like to join our fellowship for in-depth Bible study and answers to the difficult questions Christians must deal with in today's society, I invite you to join us for Sunday service at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are across from the James Madison Memorial. And, as always, you can write to us at Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Join us next time as Pastor Greg Scalzo teaches from God's Holy Word.